0: How you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you,
0: Scott? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I really am. Quite kind a of bonus episode because we're we're doing things a little bit differently on this
1: yes this recording.
0: We're going to talk everything Fright Fest.
1: Yeah, and it was I thought it was a great weekend. Um, yeah, I did,
0: mate. I really enjoyed it. It was. It was I really
1: uh... really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it, and I thought they did really as 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 best as you can do to to do a, a kind of film festival in 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 lockdown, effectively.
0: Is it the first? digital festival you've done yes yeah same here yeah yeah i haven't i know there's been a few others
1: i mean i did notice um when i when i bought my films and if you when you go into your library it was advertising you know this third party website was advertising all these other film festivals yes that they yeah. run as well so i might I, I mean i enjoyed fright fest so much online I'm, i might be inclined to check out some of the others as well
0: same i really liked it i, I really liked it and one of the one of the aspects I will touch on off the top is when me and you were originally discussing if we were going to do the digital version of Right Fest, you know, we, we both have been to the um, physical event, we're both yep. uh, fans of the physical event, but obviously, you know, digital is a little bit different, I understand why some festivals will do it and have been very successful with that and then I understand why other festivals, including uh, our very own Black Sunday Film Festival, uh, we've decided to push out event until uh, the end of January 2021 mm-hmm. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer with it but I was very very sceptical of how an event as big as Fright Fest where the social interaction is as important if not more important sometimes than the films themselves how this would work and one of the things me and you said from the get go was okay we're going to do it we're going to make our next episode of Things That Go Bump in the Night a full fright fest episode we're going to change up the format a little bit mm-hmm. but one of the things that we were a little bit up in the air about was would it be better if we could choose to watch the films whenever we want so you yeah. get like your four day pass you can just put them on whenever you want and watch whatever you want as was the case with the short film showcases which we're getting into. yeah yeah or the way they did do it where you have set times for your films now we both agreed that we thought it would be more beneficial and better for us if we could just watch them when we want. I have actually done a complete 360 on that. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I I tell you why. It was the first day, right? The very first day. And all day, I was excited for the time that first film started. And yeah, I, yeah. I made sure that, you know, I had all my work for the day done. I was sitting down, I had tested my laptop because i because i was watching um, them through the laptop i was casting it via chromecast to my tv so i wanted to make sure that worked get all that up and running and yeah man i was really excited for when that went and then what i the real benefit of having a strict time for me was where i was tweeting out what i was watching before and after the films you did have some form of social interaction that 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 aspect was good, yeah. Right, I right that. because me and you were doing that for one, which to be fair, we probably would have anyway. Because for this podcast, we probably would have watched stuff at the same yeah. time and be yeah. speaking to each other. But I really like the idea of the random element of other people joining the conversation and talking to us. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was, I
1: think, yeah. Cool. I mean, I think I felt that for the first film, the first yes. film that I watched, I certainly felt you know seeing the eye dents as well and thinking i know that person i know that person
0: yeah yeah, i know
1: them um but for me i think i would have been inclined to spend more money uh on more films if i had longer to watch them because my time was so limited that weekend right that i had to be really selective about what i could watch because of of the timings um so i didn't buy the festival pass i think i bought just under the price of the festival pass Yeah, yeah had i the option to watch even some of them maybe not like it might have been like the the premieres the uk premieres it's just that deal and done of of whereas course. some of the other ones if if i had the opportunity to watch them over the course of the weekend then i probably would have happily paid for the festival pass because i knew i would have got the value from it and you know we spoke about this briefly before we came on but there was a couple of films i really would have loved to have been able to see again
0: of course yeah um
1: Almost like the next day, I would have watched them again. Watch them
0: again, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree with you either. Like, despite what I've said, I don't disagree with you because actually, there was on the Saturday, I knew that I wasn't going to make the first film, and I think I actually ended up missing two films because yeah, I, ju- I just didn't get home in time. And then on the Sunday as well, I I had planned to do the whole day Sunday, and then I had to go out in the morning, so I ended up missing the first. Uh, one or two films of sunday as well so yeah i definitely miss stuff that i plan on watching because of that format but i just think from a social point of view it was it worked quite well it it, it worked really well actually
1: it's one of those things where it's, it's not going to please everyone is it because it's so different you know at the end of the day you wouldn't be able to do that had you been at the physical weekend yes you know of course. it would have been you're in and you're out and that's that
0: yeah so let's get into it man what was the... Uh, so shall we start with short film showcases? Oh, I love them. Yeah, I mean, they're always the highlight of the festival for me, if I'm honest. I I come out with one or two features that are real standouts for me, as I did with this digital edition. But the shorts... I, I just love short film showcases because I feel like you're always going to get quite a lot you like. You're going to get stuff you don't like, and that's fine, right? Because there's there's such a mix you know i found that with this and films that i really liked other people didn't really like and then films that mm, weren't for me mm. other people really liked. but i love that i love that dynamic i love the the difference in that i'm not someone that subscribes to this you have to like everything and if you don't like it it's a bad film like no nah, not really like it's just not for you right it doesn't appeal to your yeah. taste so with that said short film showcase one what stood out for you yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest,
1: I wasn't even going to go for the short film showcases. It was on your recommendation. So thank you for that, because I wasn't going to go that's for okay. <laughs> that. I'm um, really, really pleased that I did. Um, and as you said, you know, we, we're, we're, we're both the same. We don't really want to dwell on the things we didn't like. That's of that's course. not fair. But there was stuff I didn't like. Yep. <laughs> Let's be clear yep. on that. But there was a lot that I did like. And I've, I, I've picked three from each of the showcases of ones that really stood out for me. The first one... On the short film showcase, one was "Breakfast" by Paul Beatty, which was oh, the yes. Australian uh, zombie. You know, the the, the mum's unwell; the when mum, she gets yeah. up and and she's cooking. I really liked that film, but not not because of the zombie element, which we've we've seen many times. What I loved about the film was the sound um oh, i really yeah. really loved the way he, when she was eating that it was so over the top like the yeah. crunch of the toast um the noise of her jaw moving that's what really made me take notice uh, and i mentioned to you before I, the films that i really liked um i watched a couple of times because we had the luxury of
0: yeah watching them whenever we courses, yeah.
1: whenever we want just another shout for that um <laughs> but we uh, At first, I wasn't sure. Second time I watched it, I thought, no, I've got to to bring it up because it was the, I mean, I thought it was acted very well and I thought it was shot very well. Nothing original with the story whatsoever. Yeah. But the way it was done, I really enjoyed. And I thought it was worth mentioning on that basis uh, for the the way they played with sound. It was just, it was so emotive and graphic, the sound. I I can hear her eating the toast now. It was so loud. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think the the sound design, and also a shout out for the cinematography of that film yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I think the those combinations and then, you know, the way it was directed, the way it was all brought together was really, really well done. I think we got a lot of zombie content, a lot of virus yeah. content over the course of this digital audition, which, you know, let's be honest, we're we're going to get. We're going to get a lot of isolation stuff, a lot of zombie stuff, a lot of virus though I do hope that we do start seeing something a little bit different in that vein. You know, I think there is a way to do isolation stories mm. that are different and don't rely on zombies. Um shout out to the shudder original film host. It was by a couple of English yeah. filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, which was again great, right? It was it was an isolation film, but it was a seance over Zoom. And you know, it was Way, it was a nice twist on that. And, you know, that's why I think you can do something original and different. Um, but in terms of, yeah, what I did like about this short, the lighting was incredible. I think the overall direction was incredible. Mm, mm. I think the acting was really well, really brought into the acting. But, yeah, that sound design, man. You, do you, you know what? I was, when,
1: you know, when, when the son walks in on the mum at the end, um, having young kids myself I, and, who have done acting, and I just kept thinking, that's horrific that he's standing there seeing what's going on. But then my brain kicks in and says, no, of course, he's not seeing it. They're just filming his face. Yeah, he, can't sure, so sure. the, <laughs> he can't see what the mum's doing. But I just kept thinking, oh, well, I wouldn't have sent my son to do that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so the next one I really liked and I knew I would, was going to like it straight away was Tara, the animation. And I don't know if you know, but this is based on a true story. He was a French showman. Uh, who's he had a condition where he just had an insatiable hunger he just could right. not doesn't matter how much he ate he just could not stop eating he um, and the short film loosely follows that so the reality is he wasn't big he wasn't fat overweight yeah. his stomach got incredibly distended when he ate and then wow. he would keep eating he enrolled in the french army and they quadrupled his rations to feed him and a Apparently he reeked and the other soldiers did not want right. him there. Uh, but the, uh, the the scientists and the the medical people in the in the army wanted to study him. And it was quite interesting he'd done he'd done all sorts of things. they like he swallowed a message, a secret message and smuggled it into Prussia. And then at the end, which actually plays into what happens in the short film, he went into a hospital and there was rumors of a baby going missing. And there was wow, rumours that okay. he might have, might have eaten it. And I think this was the 1700s at some point, possibly early 1800s. Wow, interesting. I like this short film because essentially, what was it? It was a single static picture. That's all it was, just one picture yeah. Yeah. where, you know, they they moved it around the, the, the screen a little bit. And a very cool voice narrating this poem about Tara and his, and his life. With some vocal effects on it and the text coming up on the screen, and that's all it was. And despite that, it really caught my imagination, it really engaged me. Uh, and I know uh, that there's been some criticism of, of yeah, this short film, yeah. But I mean, I
0: completely agree I, with you, man. For me, it, it works, it, it really, really works, it really stands out. But like you said, there was some disagreement on this film. This is actually one of the short films throughout both Short Film Showcase One and Two where a lot of hate but you also had a lot of love for, from what i saw but here's what i say man I, I think that's doing something right because out of all the short films it had people talking more than anything yeah else. Uh, uh, I and just, that really works me.
1: I i was surprised at how much it captured me with what was compared to some of the others on here is going to be quite a basic production i'm not saying it wasn't hard work i'm sure it was but you know it's it was just a picture and a narrator at the end of the day and it really grabbed me i thought yeah, it was really yeah, really good I, I
0: completely agree it really really grabbed me
1: uh, so that was by brian gillespie so well done brian i thought it was great
0: yeah definitely and if you uh can check it out find it anywhere else definitely do i think it's quite a polarizing short but mm-hmm. again i i feel that's doing something right you have got to watch like... it do you know yeah. what
1: in, an, in another place, another time That might have been my creepy link of the week If yes. uh, if we hadn't seen yes. it together That's the sort of thing I like Last one for me on sh- Showcase 1 Was Finn Callan's Guest Which yes. was about a, a, a disturbed young lady Who sees this haunting figure uh, Following her around Breaks into someone's house And so distraught by Being haunted by this figure That she mutilates herself To stop experiencing it first time i watched it through i didn't like it Um, okay interesting but i watched it again i watched it again and i watched it more with the intro and i took because the director done a a a bit of an odd intro to it where he was wearing an old mask i'm not sure what that was about (laughs) yeah um but I, i took more notice of that this time and he introduced it as based on a recurring nightmare he used to have. And once I'd caught hold of that, you see this figure, I I could almost, I could feel the nightmare that he was having. You know, you, yes. you don't know if if this figure's really there. You don't know whether it's just in her mind, but no matter where she goes and where she looks, she's seeing this silent person staring at her. Um, I thought it was quite smart, actually. And uh, again, I thought it was well acted, well shot. I thought it was really good.
0: Guest for me was one of the stand-ups. At the weekend, I've I've got two standouts, one from each showcase. This was the standout for me in short film showcase one. Purely because it it's a very simple setup, two characters, and it's done to perfection. Because it's it doesn't worry too much about building out the world in a very complicated way. It does it very very effectively in the setup and the presentation. Again, I think the direction of this is flawless. I think the creation of the monster is mm. outstanding. I, yeah, it's it's so because it wasn't.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't scary. It was unsettling, wasn't it?
0: It was unsettling. That, that's the perfect word. It was unsettling. I thought it really tapped into a look that is quite hot at a minute. Like that's mm. kind of a look you see, like the the big round eyes, the very. Uh, slender face, you know, it's a it's very creepy yeah. pasta yes, Yeah, you know, like, you see um,
1: salad fingers and yeah, timber
0: salad characters and stuff that like yeah, there's thing. a little bit of a slender man in there and, yeah. and stuff like that, you know, it's just, it's that that's really grabbing people's imagination at a minute and I feel like they've done such a good job at that they just presented this simple story to perfection to absolute perfection, and I feel like it was so unsettling. It was so unsettling. It wasn't built on jump scares. It wasn't built on, you know, fast pace cuts to, you know, somewhere you're jumping out your seat. It literally cuts to quite a long shot mm.
1: of the monster mm. and just
0: holds it. And it's like it holds it. It holds
1: it too long. I mean, I mean, too long in times. It works brilliantly, but too long. Like you, you get quite uncomfortable
0: yeah, looking at it. Yes, yeah. but that's perfect, right? And, and yeah, that's why great. I feel. It was just great. everything about this, I, I thought the—I don't remember the actress's name—but I thought she done an outstanding job. I felt like the director done an outstanding job. The editing was perfect yeah. as well. I feel like it was edited really, really well. Yeah, man, it just really worked for me. If, I, if I, I can't recommend it, that short enough.
1: Um, before we move on to uh, short film showcase, 2, just an honourable mention for me would be a bit of fun by Florence Kosky, which was a, yeah. a '90s seance. Uh, three housemates doing a kind of witchcraft seance uh, to contact the spirit haunting their flat. Uh, don't want to give away the ending, but again, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, another another great one to check out.
0: I, I really, really enjoyed this short, and it had my favourite shot. Do you know, it Can might I, have been my, my favourite shot of the weekend. It,
1: before you say it, because you just reminded me, there was a shot in that that I loved, so yeah. I just wonder if it's the same one. Yeah, When the final girl yeah, or without any standing there yeah you see someone else in the mirror
0: yes yes it, it's honestly so clever i loved it it might be my favorite shot it it. So there's a really, there's a couple of shots from a few films that really really work for me and i'm i am such a whore for a good shot
1: it's fantastic and oh what it as well i thought it was and it, I, it really worked straight away i noticed it and it was i, I wasn't expecting it no, it well.
0: really works for me because they don't make a big deal out of it either.
1: Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Apart from uh, face close-ups, it doesn't really deviate from that one angle. No.
0: no, it's quite. There's a lot of long and wide shots, and mm. they they genuinely stick to that. But I thought it was so well done. I thought it was very, very clever. And that one shot was, it's so understated that you could miss it. You could easily miss oh, it, yeah. and I love that. I just absolutely brilliant. love it, and it's one of those like holy shit moments when you notice it. Yeah, it just fucking takes you out, man. It's that's so really cool good.
1: that we 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 noticed the same thing. Yeah, I, I genuinely, I thought, man, that's that's really cool.
0: Yeah, that really really worked for me. I I absolutely adored that shot, man. So yeah, like great. I would actually probably put that in my in my top three, to be yeah. honest, of oh, short film showcase one. Definitely, that was that short really really stood out for me.
1: Would you remove breakfast from that?
0: yes Yes, i think think i would yeah yeah i think i would remove breakfast just purely because you know what it's nothing against breakfast i just feel like as a whole that weekend i just watched so many zombie films yeah that by the time i come to watching short film showcase one i was kind of tapped out already Mm. and then and then to be honest with you after that there was even more zombie stuff there was like a zombie film in short film showcase two as well right there was
1: one with yeah a man and a woman in a yeah um in a truck there was one where a girl was supposedly having the antidote yeah Um, yeah there was a lot of that kind of thing and then
0: there was obviously um a couple of the features yeah yeah As well and i was just i was just tapped out i was just tapped out
1: short film showcase 2 yes i've got um uh, apologies i don't know where it's from it's not in english um, and the director is known only as Kiggs was uh, Wash and I know you really enjoyed this so yes do you want to introduce this one
0: yeah this was I think this was my favorite short film in the entire weekend and it was very good the biggest surprise for me is I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this one and that is crazy to me I mean maybe maybe it is out there and I've just missed it but this worked for me everything about this work so it's It basically follows a mother, I believe. Yeah. Um, And she's obviously distressed. There's obviously something going on. It takes place in a basement. Very dark, very dingy. And sitting in front Mm. of her is a washing machine that's got gaffer tape all around it. Uh, The washing machine's on and and something is inside. And yeah, it kind of plays on that. Mm. That's kind of where I'm going to leave it. But I thought the setup for this was like out of the gate right it was just really intriguing atmosphere you know turned up to 11 the camera movements and the direction towards the washing machine to create the Mm. intrigue there Mm. of like okay what is going on here yeah that was really really well done as a tension piece absolutely brilliant and then i feel again no spoilers but the way in which it ends just really worked for me really really worked for me
1: yeah i couldn't agree more and i think that just to add to that, what I really liked as well was how it was open to interpretation as to what you'd just seen as well, because it wasn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what went on in that short film, but not in a, not in a confusing way. I wasn't confused. I think a lot is left to the imagination. It's open to interpretation. What you've just seen, Um, for example, without giving it away, something happens right at the beginning that you don't see, you hear off camera, turns out maybe what happened isn't what you think happened and i quite like that i thought it was it it really kind of switched around you know i think that's why i really that.
0: like it i, I think it was good yeah i'm a big big fan of stuff that's left open and stuff that the audience can buy into and try and work out mm. you know what's going on what's happening and this just does it all this just yeah. works really really well for that and it stays with you I oh, always yeah, find actually okay. really I, I, important in well, short or features. You know,
1: you, you could probably watch it again and gain a different interpretation of what you've seen, and it wouldn't be right or wrong. It would just be, you know, what you're bringing to it at yes. that point. I don't think necessarily, you know, unless the the director ever explicitly says this is what's happening, you're never going to know, and that's great because it is what you think it is. Yeah,
0: it really, really work, man. So, what's your what's your second one?
1: Second one. And I keep changing my mind. So the last two for me, um, <laughs> I keep switching between which was my favourite short film of all of them. At the moment, I think it's going to be the last one I mentioned, but the very close second then is Death Walks on Nitrate by yep. Kevin Fermini. Really love this kind of... Oh man, it's filmed on Super 8 and it's about a young woman who is taking photographs and and she photographs uh, an elderly woman's death um and it kind of all escalates from there but it was very very over the top very 70s very you know tarantino-esque it reminded me a bit of if tarantino made um an amicus production you know the old 70s production company yeah it was great i thought it was really really good a couple of niggling bits i didn't like but that was personal taste but overall um, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was quite unique amongst all of the short films.
0: I think that's a great way to describe it. I think it was very unique. It was an homage to 70s Italian yes. cinema. And it done that to perfection, I thought. And it, But it didn't just pay homage. It actually, it done something a little bit different. And it kind of mixed up the genre a little bit. And I really like that.
1: Mm. I feel like
0: it actually added a little something else. Because when it first started... It didn't have me hooked, but as it went on, it did, and I feel like that's the mark of a really, really good film. And wow. that, it just worked for me. It knew exactly what it was. It knew exactly what it were to do, and it moved ahead to execute that to the best of. Their I mean ability.
1: the the special effects, the music, yeah, the lighting, the shots. I, I loved, I loved it all. Yeah, I love, I love the way it looked. Some of the effects was so was so over the top silly but they were supposed to be. You know, it wasn't yeah. that they run yeah. out of money. It did what it was supposed to do. Um and I found it quite very creepy as well. It's the sort of thing that would probably you know make me look over my shoulder if I was watching that alone at night. Yeah. I quite I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Yeah man I, I have to agree. I really have to agree.
1: So before I get to which at the moment is gonna be my favorite short yeah. film, my honorable mention for uh, this one is werewolf. Uh, which I really, really enjoyed, kind of comedy horror yeah. uh, based around a card game. That was by uh, Marcus Meat, and don't know the actor's name, but there's a the character, Kenneth, in there, who narrates uh, the game that they're playing at this kind of uh, dinner party that they're having is, is fantastic. I found it really funny, really well-acted, great dialogue. The lighting and effects whenever Kenneth spoke was really, really cool. Yeah, I thought it was great
0: i have to agree i think the setup for this one was outstanding i thought the it was a really smart screenplay that yeah the switch in the lighting and the setup when kenneth is shown on screen opposed to the other cast members is great it's just really really great really it actually really fun. um
1: it reminded me of uh, a little bit like it, it was a very short inside number nine episode and i could see steve pemberton playing oh kenneth. okay I thought it was, yeah it was very clever I think, not to be too critical, but for me, the reason why I didn't make my top three, I wanted more from the ending. Not going to give away the ending, but wasn't... I kind of saw it coming from a mile off, and when I did see it, I wanted more. So I think that's why it didn't make the top three for me.
0: Yeah, I think I have to agree on that. I think the... And I don't know if it was just because this start and the middle was so good that the ending fell a little bit flat for me. But, you know, by no means did it make it a bad film. It's, no. it's still it's still a great film, and I, I would definitely suggest sure. that you seek it out if if you're into short horror films, especially yeah, short definitely. horror comedy. I feel this done it better than most films do it. But yeah, I I, I agree. I, I would have liked just a bit more from that ending. I think I, I actually on, wouldn't. Um, I didn't want this to end.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And I think mean, based on this, what I did enjoy about the show, I um I definitely want to see more of Marx's work. I've been meaning to, you know, see if I can find what else he's done because he seems like a really smart director. And uh, yeah, I would have I would have liked more at the end.
0: Yeah, definitely one to seek out. Definitely one. Um, yeah, if we can find it, if if it goes online at some point, yeah, we'll definitely share it. I think a lot of people will get a kick out of it. So Yeah, go
1: my top one was uh, The Motorist by Kieran Lyons. Ooh, um, yeah. And I can't recall, it's been a few few good few days now since i watched it and i can't remember if it's set i think it's set in ireland rural ireland uh could be wrong it could be scotland actually i
0: I mean in my head it's ireland so yeah
1: i think so and it was i really love folk horror it was very much a folk horror Yeah. uh, very british you know there's a, a strange pagan community it, I might have enjoyed it so much because i just come off of watching Apostle as well on Netflix, which I really enjoyed. But anyway, oh, right. yeah, um, okay. <laughs> so uh, The Motorist is about um, a guy who seemingly has run over a young member of this community. And the community, as you can imagine, are not best pleased. And as is such in these kind of remote communities, uh, they're not interested in calling the police, or otherwise it wouldn't have been yeah. much of a short horror film. And they want retribution. And i think the dialogue the 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 shooting of it the acting was really really good and when retribution comes it completely completely was not what i was expecting and i think i'm not going to give it away but on paper it to me wouldn't sound like it worked but when i saw it it blew me away i thought it was great i thought what they did was very very cleverly done and it's one that I watched a couple of times. I really enjoyed it. And I watched, yeah. enjoyed it more each time I watched
0: it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I only watched this one once. And it's not my top film of the short film showcase. That's obviously Wash. I'd be lying if I said this one a close second, though. Purely because I watched it once. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. I liked it. But there was sank that just weren't. Sitting right with me and it just Made me think about it more and more and more And I can't remember what the I kind of fit this block in between The film Mm. uh, Between uh, two features I I just had Enough time and I remember that going Into the feature that followed it And, And like I say I can't even remember what feature Followed it because I was just thinking about this short And it just stayed with me and I feel like the reason it worked Was It's quite unsettling and we were mm. saying this about Guest, right? And I feel like this does it, but in, in a very different way, in a very, yes. yeah, you know, it's, it's folk so horror. Yeah. And it's very well put together. It's a very, very well crafted. Mm. And I, you know, and I don't use that word lightly. I feel when Sank is very well crafted, there's been a lot of time and effort put into the lore and building that world and building that mythology. And I feel like there is so much to dig into. With this film,
1: I I could it, this. Do you know what? This could almost be a proof of concept for a longer film.
0: I was just going to say, I was just going to say exactly that, man.
1: And I wonder, I do wonder, because the acting was so good. I thought it was really top quality.
0: Yeah, I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see it. I think it's such a great concept for mm. a new folk horror film, like yeah. that. Just just that setup of a motorist that you know run someone over or kill someone in a small village, a small, yeah, you know, remote area, and they they get their own revenge in a very unique yeah, just in a very unique, very I unset mean, Do
1: you know what it Why? is unique? Because I was having to think about this and you know, obviously not all the time, but when you think of folk horror, straight away you know someone is gonna get murdered in some sort of sacrificial way to whatever they worship and that's not what happens here and it threw me yeah it it really yeah. threw me it, what happens is not what i was expecting yeah um and it threw me in a good way because even if it had been oh you know let's put him in a giant wicker man and you know set him on fire and whatnot you know fine i still reckon they would have done that very well but it's because it was so unusual is what really hooked me to it
0: i completely agree i completely agree man so, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up by just recap your your picks again, just so if people want to jot them down and, and go and find them, they can. So just, uh, yeah, just say the titles again.
1: Breakfast, Paul Beattie, Tara, Brian Gillespie and guest Finn Callan. And uh, bonus one for me was a bit of fun, Florence Kosky. And then we've got Wash by Kiggs, which you absolutely love. Death Walks on Nitrate by Kevin Fermini. Uh, bonus one for me was marcus meets werewolf and then my top pick was kieran lyons the motorist
0: yeah guys go and check them out and uh yeah please go and support because you know the you don't know where these filmmakers are going to be in a couple of years and hopefully they'll be turning either these ideas or or some new ideas into features because i think they're all outstanding more all than a couple a, we'll go yeah on to they all done it. a terrific job and i feel that apart from a couple of features that we're about to get into next, these were actually all my standout films of the weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, so what one do you want to start with?
0: Right, so let's start with one that you actually recommended to me, a documentary called How to the Deadites.
1: I mean, what can I say? I'm a massive Evil Dead fan, or so I thought, until I saw (laughs) the guys in in this documentary. And Um, then you were put in your place. I was firmly put in my place, Scott. Um, (laughs) Because I... I thought it was going to be more the making of and a little bit of fans, but rather it was a little bit of making of and more all about the fans. Um, So it wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but I was pleasantly surprised for that. I thought it was a brilliant documentary focusing on so-called super fans of uh, the Evil Dead series um, had some great, great interviews with, uh, of course, Bruce Campbell, um, Ted Raimi, okay. who I think is fantastic. He plays um, Henrietta Nobby, who's my favourite Deadite in the franchise. Not surprisingly, Sam Raimi's not there to uh, be interviewed. But
0: okay. I was, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. That, but I mean, that's the yeah. Way, right?
1: I mean, you kind of feel like if you've got Bruce Campbell and you've got Ted Raimi, you're you're literally one step away from That's the main it. man
0: yeah. um, he doesn't do a lot does he He doesn't Properly know much, and i think yeah.
1: if you don't want to do it he's not going to do it um to be fair i was surprised they got bruce campbell i i, I just thought it was going to be very low-key following the fans going to exhibitions i wrote his name down somewhere and i forgot his name but the special effects guy
0: oh um, he's great isn't he
1: what a lovely bloke he just seems like the nicest guy on earth he seems so nice i would love to go to his horror convention just to meet him and he, he seems like the kind of guy that would happily spend an hour talking to you
0: yeah yeah without a doubt i think this this worked for me on so many levels man i'm so so happy you you recommended this so before we get into what i really love about it one of the things i do want to touch on which i thought was i thought it was strange at first then i thought it was a good choice but i do think there might be an interesting story of their of what happened did you notice that when they were talking about the films Mm. They never showed any clips from the actual films. They only ever showed fan films.
1: Is that right? I didn't yeah. notice that.
0: Yeah, so... Did they know- show stills, though? Uh, no. Not that I know of. I can't remember. Maybe. Maybe they showed stills. But in terms of the video footage, mm. they never ever show, or from what I could catch, it was never from the films. Because when it first came up, I was like, "That's that's not the film that's not the evil dead what's that and yeah it was and then when you pay attention to the you know the copyright at the bottom yeah it was all like fan films now i don't know if that was by design because obviously it's about that's interesting yeah or they couldn't get the rights to the to the evil dead films to to show clips of them which i which i find very interesting either way i I just thought i'll i'll bring it up because that was interesting but to talk about what i love about this film i kind of put a tweet out about it afterwards I loved that this brought so much faith back to fandom, right? Mm. As in, this shows the reason why fandom is so great, why being a super fan is so great, because the reality is that fandom has become extremely toxic, whether that is horror fandom. You know, you have, I always gone about gatekeepers. Right. You've got gatekeepers mm. that are like mm. don't change this. Don't do this different. Don't do that. Like, fuck gatekeepers, man. I hate gatekeepers. And, you know, me and you have spoke a lot uh, off the air about we're both Star Wars fans. And unfortunately, Star Wars probably has the worst fandom in the world. Right. It is the most toxic place in the world mm. at the minute because no one can agree on anything. And unfortunately, we seem to be in this kind of position of. If you don't like something, then it's terrible. And if yeah. you don't like it, you're the worst person in the world. Right? Yeah. Which, I, which I find absolutely crazy.
1: To criticise things to the point of absolute hatred and, uh, you know, vile language and personal attacks on other fans and on the people making these films. Um, you know, if you don't like it, go and do something better.
0: Right, exactly. Exactly. And we see that in horror a lot we see that in horror all the time you know with the argument of that isn't a horror film this isn't a horror film this is you know it's bullshit if you don't like this you don't know what you're talking about or you know i saw recently on um on twitter where some girl criticized a documentary that is on shutter and just said that it didn't work for her and the amount of hate she got and the amount of gatekeepers that were like well if you don't get it you're not part of the crowd you don't understand it you know and it's like look she's just saying it won't for her like calm the fuck down but these people feel like they're personally attacked which i just find incredible you know
1: i i i wrote an article recently on uh, the blair witch project which okay. is one of my favorite horror films yeah but it is completely polarizing and um in the piece i wrote i wrote why um it's one of my favourite horror films and why I think it was so influential and so important, um, but I do acknowledge the criticisms that people had now, I was, thankfully I didn't get any kind of negative responses, but I wouldn't have been surprised if yeah. someone had said to me the classic with the Blair Witch Project you're stupid, you don't even see anything in it which is, course, you know, yeah. a valid point you don't see anything, that doesn't make it a bad film though, that's, that's your opinion,
0: well, to I mean, that actually that. Makes it a better <laughs> film.
1: exactly exactly we're allowed to disagree we're allowed to like different things we're allowed to not like different things but it's it's the hurtful criticism bit. um and to bring it back to you know the, the the evil dead fan documentary i do think horror particularly probably has the best fan base in the world
0: yeah i agree, I agree. Overall, I overall overall yeah. i think overall especially in person yeah. Like, when you go to Fright Fest, for instance, right, normally at Fright Fest with the people I'll talk to all weekend, I don't normally agree with them on my, the films I like and not normally the films everyone else is like, some vice versa, but what I love about it is we have a really good conversation about it, and we have conversations about why someone did like it, why I didn't like it, why they didn't like it, you know, whatever it is, but we have really good conversations about it, and everyone respects each other's, Uh, reasoning right and none of us are like oh you're stupid you don't belong here that Mm. is definitely like a keyboard warrior mentality of like when you're behind a keyboard you know people feel a lot stronger about their opinions yeah but you know to, to bring it back around what i really really love about how to the deadites is it shows you why fandom can be so great it shows you why the horror community is so loving and welcoming and you know the reality is for most of us we grew up as outsiders or we mm. grew up as, you know, the kids that were into the creepy shit that were made fun of because of that. And then when you discover other like-minded people, it's such a welcoming, such a amazing community to be a part of. And I Completely. feel like this documentary yeah. really, really showcased that. And I really, really love that the filmmakers put all the emphasis on the fans and yes. their relationships.
1: Yeah. The, the, one of the things that really stood out for me is... Bruce Campbell kind of gives the character he presents, and he is a character. Um, is very self assured, very cocky, yeah. you know, very very aloof. Uh, takes takes the piss out of the fans. He's on stage with them, and that's that's part of the act. That's what people like. Um, and there's this guy does a crowdfunder oh, to yeah. meet Bruce Campbell, oh, and he yeah. and he says and he calls it "Help me meet the chin," and overnight he gets all the money and he reckons he doesn't know for sure who did it but it's pretty obvious that it was Bruce i mean Campbell he definitely gave the money it, it was it was him you know he, he basically sent the guy 800 dollars just to go and meet him and i think that's incredible absolutely incredible
0: yeah i i completely agree i feel like there was a lot of heart-wrenching moments there's there's one moment that me and you have discussed and actually oh, i'm not gonna man. yeah no. i'm not actually gonna bring it up because you know this. It was, it was it was it was
1: beautiful, but heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. And all I will say, if you watch it, and you know what we're we're talking about, the strength of that guy and his family. Oh, it's is incredible. Is incredible. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible.
0: But it also shows you the importance that film and art can have. Yes, it really does. Like yeah. you know, look, we as filmmakers, look, we're not we're not you know rocket scientists. We're not. So it, heart surgeons, right? But there is a place for art. There's a reason why art is so polarizing and music and film, whatever it may be, really does grab us and really mm. is the lifeblood of what we believe and how we shape our lives. And I feel like this documentary really captures that and it shows you that how, in very, very dark times, a film such as The Evil Dead, right? Who mm. would have thought could pull you through? exactly really, really dark times and a big part of that is that community and i feel like that's what it does really really well and it's something we're very passionate about i mean because i mean look we're talking about this on a podcast we put together purely because we love talking about horror ourselves mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. people you know we've got a couple of people out there that genuinely asked for us to do this you know shout out to yeah kimberly and jackie because without you two we wouldn't be doing this podcast. It was you two that demanded we get going on this, and that's why we're here. So a film like this that shows that love for a fandom, man, it's really got me. It's really touched me.
1: Yeah, it was was a beautiful film. It would be quite cool for them. I'd like to see if they do another one, Um, maybe focusing on horror in general, because I think there's a lot more to be seen. I completely agree. Because, obviously, e- Evil Dead, very famous, but it has its fans. Not everyone likes it. I'd like to see them do uh, a wider scope of horror in general now for their next documentary.
0: Yeah, the, these filmmakers in general. I feel like there are a few of them horror documentaries out there, but some of them don't land. I feel like these guys behind House of the Deadites, yeah. they've got a real grasp on fandom and community. Yeah, and I'd love, it. I I agree, man. I would absolutely love, 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 love. Love to see that. I really, really would. So yeah, guys, we're we're gonna leave it there on how to the deadites Definitely check it out. I think this is coming to a few more film festivals and hopefully you know we'll hit VOD at some point. So you know you can watch it. No, that'd home. be cool. Yeah, that'd be Yeah, cool. yeah, really, 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 really good film. All right, dude. So the next one I'm gonna touch on is one I recommended and out the gate, I want your thoughts because it was the first time I watched this film. The reason I recommended it is my composer. Um, from Black Mass, uh, Mitch, he re-scored this film, and I thought the film was absolutely beautiful, I thought it was absolutely stunning, and it's my second favourite film of the year, and it's called A Ghost Waits. What were your thoughts, dude?
1: Wasn't sure what to expect. Of course. Um, I enjoyed it uh, very much. I liked the idea behind the film. I thought... Uh, the effects were the effects were really really good. I thought the acting was great. I loved the touches of uh, comedy. Um, I think before the comedy really hit, I think the guy who's uh, checking the house over he really nailed it with his level of reactions to the kind of hauntings that were happening. Yeah. Cause sometimes you think, Oh, well you wouldn't stick around at that point. You'd be gone. Or, you know, you wouldn't shrug that off. And and I just thought he pitched it very well with his reactions uh, all the way through. I mean, and then obviously when the comedy kicks in, it's, you know, it's that goes out the window to, to, for, to move the story forward. However, I'm actually going to say I was a little disappointed with the ending.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Reason yeah being? it's gonna be difficult for me to say without giving it away but okay I thought it was an easy way out of the ending
0: right okay. Um, okay. so
1: d- don't get me wrong I really enjoyed the film I-, I I really liked this film I was hoping though that the inevitable ending they could have found a different way to get there um I, I didn't like the actions that led to that ending.
0: Interesting. Okay. Am I okay. making sense? It's really difficult yeah, no, without, no, no. Spo- yeah, without, without spoiling, spoiling, spoiling what it. happens. Yeah. No, you're you're making perfect sense. I, I the ending did work for me. Actually, um, yeah, I I did see it coming. I kind of knew it was going that way, but for me, I was okay with that because the way they handled it and the way mm. it built up.
1: And they they did, a, did a good job of uh, justifying it i yes. suppose it's the yes. best and they they did a good job i mean it made sense and i liked everything post that moment as well so kind of in the end credits as well what was going on and what was happening in the house um i liked that it made perfect sense i just and i don't and don't get me wrong scott i don't know what i would have liked better i was just hoping it could have been something
0: different. yeah yeah i mean that's fair enough man that's like i said it's fair enough for to have those reactions mm. and to, you know, still enjoy a film, still appreciate a film, but also wanted it to go another way. I think that's mm. perfectly fine. You know, if if we're coming back round to Mitch and Black Mass, you know, we were all very happy with the way we we're ending that film and the way we were going with that film. But yeah, for those that didn't like the film, our ending is extremely polarizing for some people. Yeah. And, you know, we've had one star reviews based on. See here's here's that the thing end. though.
1: You could argue that it's a similar kind of ending. Yes. However I really liked it in Black Mass. I'm not opposed to it as a as a concept in film. I just for some reason it didn't gel with me in in a ghost Waits. I don't know why. I, I suppose maybe it was the maybe it was the comedy element. It, I think it was. I think it was. It kind of I, that didn't align for me yes. with what happens. Yes. Whereas obviously okay. in, in Black Mass, there's a steady uh, build to what, in, you know, and some people may well feel, you, you know, you know it's coming and it makes it no less impactful, um, but it all made sense. I yeah. suppose for me, this is the one thing in A Ghostface that didn't make sense yeah. to me.
0: And that's fine. I mean, it, you know, again, I've always said this, like I say it about my own work, you know, if, for those that don't like Black Mass or, or don't like the way I ended it or stuff like that's absolutely fine too like I, I mm. think everyone's opinion you know especially if you can share that opinion in a perfectly critical way yes like, you know like you're you're doing yourself self a ghost of ways I think that's fine but you know bringing it back to a ghost of ways I feel like you know if if we're going to touch on everything before the ending then I feel like this film was great I feel like the cast were outstanding Yeah, uh, like, I, I don't know her name
1: it. I've forgotten her name the lady who plays the the ghost,
0: man, oh, um, she's so Natalie good. Natalie Walker, I believe. Yes, that is, is, it, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, is it. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Um, I mean, the dude sh- that plays Jack, the the lead character, uh, M- McLeod Andrews, I believe. I even, even
1: like guy on the phone who <laughs> you, you never see.
0: I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. it was really good. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really really good. There's there's a lot in this film that. I'm not sure exactly where the influences come from, but I feel like there was a bit of Beetlejuice in this, with a with a few of the scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that that I really like. Again, no no real spoilers for them, but yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of Beetlejuice in there, which I really really like. I just thought as a as an independent film, they done a stellar job, man. They like they they over delivered. Like for me. Like there are a lot of films that would not deliver something this kind of, it's weird to say heartwarming, but you really do buy into the characters and you yeah. really do feel yeah, yeah. for the characters and you, I love that struggle that especially the lead character Jack goes through. Do
1: you know, uh, this is a big lesson to people in terms of, you know, the cost of effects in film and um, and there are um, no doubt some expensive effects that they use but one of the most effective things for me would have been absolutely free to them and that was you know he goes around the house putting little bits of sticky tape on things marking as yeah i've checked out oh, check yes. that, I've checked that. Yes. he goes around again they're all gone and they, i yeah. thought that was incredibly yeah. effective you know it, and his first thought isn't haunting it could be am i am i going mad did i even do that or is someone messing
0: about with me do you know they are extremely clever with the way they use their budget in this and yeah. they they know how to put a bang for your buck on screen right there's a lot of choices in this that i are, are the
1: right agree. points
0: there i mean the fact that every time you see the ghost characters they clearly just have like a torch underneath their chin that <laughs> yeah, illuminates up, yeah. but it's so effective. Yeah, and it and works maybe sometimes so a
1: hairdryer in the face.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, it works so it's well. Man. I, I just love it. I absolutely love Practical it. I, I just, yeah, this is this is one of those indie films that is a real like love affair. I think mm. for like indie film fans that, that it works for, and it's again I I've seen some people. That this doesn't work for and that's fine as well but for those that this does work for and those that do get it even someone like yourself that really liked it up until the ending and then you just wish the ending went away I just feel like this is one of those films that mm. you definitely will go back to at some point yeah, this isn't I mean, like I, a one and done I which I feel like a lot be. of festival films are Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, a I'm, lot I, of films that you watch, there's a lot of films for this for, for the digital additional breakfast that I watched and I was like okay that was cool but I don't really need to go back and watch that again a ghost waits I'm going back like I'll, I'll go back I'll, I'll watch this again
1: yeah definitely I, I would watch this again I mean everything I swore and enjoyed is something I would watch again and that's really the the, the biggest compliment you can you yeah. can give some because yeah. even though the surprise is gone you still want to see it again and that's sometimes it's because uh, you just you enjoyed it. Uh, sometimes it's because you feel that there's more that can be gained from watching it again. Just as a brief example, and the uh, the other film that I watched was um, there's no such thing as vampires, which I really loved. I would watch that again in a second, uh, not because I think I'd learn anything new, just because I really enjoyed it as a film. I thought it was it, it worked really well, and the the same for this one is I really enjoyed it. I don't think I would learn anything more from watching it again, but I think it's the sort of film, I enjoyed it so much it deserves a second viewing to see how I feel again about the ending.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree with that and I think in, in closing on A Ghost Waits, I just want to touch on briefly Mitch's score for this. Re- I, unfortunately I wasn't able to make the Glasgow edition of Frightfest despite Black Mass having its uh, Scottish premiere there, you know luckily Mitch was there for that you know, so he represented the film. Mm, but yeah. A Ghost of Weights did make its premiere um at that same festival. But it had a it had a different score. So I, I would have loved to have seen that just to see what the difference was. So I can only go on this version, unfortunately. Yeah. But in terms of the music for this film, I thought it was great. I thought it was yeah, understated it was. when it needed to be understated. I thought it took over when it needed to take over. It was... And I, I could just tell, having worked with Mitch. The pieces that I feel, I could be wrong, but the pieces I feel he put in there really jumped out to me. And the guy is such a fucking talent. Like, he really, really is. Like, if we've got any filmmakers out there that are looking for a composer and someone that can just do everything, and believe me, like, he can do everything, tap him up. Like, tap him up. This guy is, you know, this guy's going to the fucking moon. You know, Do you know and what? We're, and we're I, I right
1: I can give a completely unbiased view on that. I don't. I don't know Mitch. I know of him, but I know his work, and I, I think it's incredible. I think yeah. it worked really well in this. I loved it in Black Mass. Um, yeah, he's a clear talent. Yes. Oh, he's a
0: hell of a talent. And like I said, the guy. You know, the guy is going places. So, yeah, shout out to Mitch. Incredible work. And yeah, just in closing, shout out to everyone on this film. I thought absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. I absolutely loved it. And talking about films I love. Wow. Right. Wow. That's that's just the way that's can all I can say. Right. Might as well right. end it. <laughs> so, it's a film called The Swerve, which I have brought up multiple times. This is like our, what, Chris, seventh episode. And I feel like every fucking episode I've brought it up. <laughs> you yeah, know.
1: Well, I mean, we had it as a trailer
0: last time. We had it. We, yeah, we had it as a trailer uh, last time. And it, it's just a film. I've had like, it the time before. Oh, man. So, I. I originally saw this film at Panic Fest. I've been dying to see it again. So this is your second view. This is my second view. And i tell you what, I was was really, really interested to see how it played for me. At Panic Fest, I watched it in a cinema, right? So this, I, I was watching at home. So I waited to see how it, that differed for me. Would I be as invested not only on a second viewing, but watching at home where I'm not scared to admit I am quite easily distracted? Sometimes this is actually why I do love going to the cinema because dark room, turn everything off. You just concentrate on the screen at home. I do get quite, I get distracted quite easily. No, this this grabbed me again. I maybe enjoyed this even more the second time because. Really. Yeah, because I because I knew where it was going, and we're getting we're getting to that briefly in a minute because I really really want your views on this. But because I knew where it was going, it allowed me to pay attention to that journey to that path i was looking more for the signs. there's a lot in this film that is left open for interpretation yeah yeah stuff yeah, yeah. that you know was openly discussed at panic fest i remember having multiple conversations with people at panic fest about certain elements in this film what did that mean what did that mean Go uh, on. What do you I'm, think?
1: De- I'm desperate to watch this film again yes uh if, if you said to me i can watch one thing again from fright fest it would be this hands down because as i was saying just now this is very definitely a case of watch it again and you'll get more um yes. it's 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 really one of those films that every time you watch it there's something to be found a very simple story of a, a of, of a woman struggling with stress and her mental health um possibly eating disorders as well and some very bad things happen to her but as the film goes on it's as you say it's left open to interpretation She's an unreliable narrator to the point where you don't know if what's happened to her has happened to her. Everyone, it seems like everyone in her life, she mistrusts um, and has done something bad to her in some way. And I think the lady who plays the lead was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, Stunning performance. I couldn't fault it. I thought it was a brilliant film.
0: Oh man, like where do I start So the acting The acting across This film is outstanding Is outstanding, from the lead To the supporting cast To um, Ashley Bell, who is probably To most horror fans probably the most Recognisable because of the last Exorcism, mm-hmm. where she Played Nell It's outstanding, It's it's outstanding across the Board in terms of acting, they are It's a stellar cast even the, the minor, minor roles of her children. Oh, the minor. All great. All great. Now, I have to give serious fucking credit to the screenplay for that. Because what these actors have to work with is pitch perfect. What I love about this film is, like you said, it's on the surface quite a simple setup. It is a woman descending into the darkest depths. Of her mind right into the darkest depths of her depression but the way in which they go there is extremely well put together it's extremely complicated in a way because what I love about this film what I really noticed on a second viewing is no one in this film including the lead character is completely innocent they they all do stuff that is wrong yet there is also a path laid out to where you see where they go. Like, the husband is, like, your main villain in this film. However, yes. his character and the life around him, the world around him is wrote so pitch-perfect that you kind of see his descent as well into what he does. Yeah. Because you see the, you know, the this pressure that you know, he's put on himself with his job and then his relationship with his kids and his relationship with his wife and everything that's going on there and he in his mind just feels like he can't catch a break and then you've got obviously our lead character and her complete descent into chaos you've got that then supported by her kids supported by her sister supported by her mum mm. supported by her pupils at school and you know one pu- one pupil in particular who again absolutely fantastic the characters in this film all feel real they all feel real they yes, feel like yeah. real people they feel like real people with real problems with real struggles now I'm not going to get into exactly how this ends but I love the way this ends the way this end is so fucking yes. tragic, yeah. But there is poetry to it. There is real poetry to the way this film ends. Oh, it's so good, man! And there's so much else you can dig into, right? Like there's this whole subplot in the house with the there's like a, a rat or or a, a yeah little, uh, mouse.
1: The whole thing with the pies,
0: right? It, it's incredible. I it's I actually. Incredible.
1: I interpreted the husband a little differently. Okay. So I, I agree that he's basically the villain of the piece, if yeah. there is a villain. Of course. Um, yeah. But I wasn't so sure he necessarily did what she perceived him to do. Right.
0: interesting. Um, yeah. He
1: interesting. may well have done. He, See, but I did I, think about this too. Yeah. I, I got the sense that, you know, everything that she thinks happened to her did, or it didn't, or some did and some didn't. But what I did think was true with the husband, absolutely, was how emotionally manipulative he was of her to keep her in her box to keep making sure no matter what she says, well, you need to take your medication. Are you still taking your medication? What I think was an absolute triumph is and I don't know that I mean, we're both very open about it. I don't know if we've mentioned it on here before, but we've both suffered with mental health issues. And I think that the way she descended was very believable. I thought it was very, very believably done.
0: Well, i tell you what I really liked about what they done with this film around mental health. And and like you said, you know, we've both been very open about it. Me and you both have mental health struggles, you know? I mean, it's no secret that my last film, Black Mass, was born out of my struggles with depression. Here's what I really, really like about this, which I feel a lot of films don't do, a lot of media pieces don't do and something that is still quite i don't know if it's frowned upon but people just don't like talking about it is the reality is that when you struggle women or health it doesn't just affect you it also affects everyone around you now that is not saying that makes you a bad person or that makes anyone a villain but that is the reality of it you know that is the reality of when I, was suffering with depression really bad when i was at my absolute lowest it affected everyone around me it affected you know the the people that are closest to me in my life it affected them it affected the the point of view where you know i had built up a crew of people where we make films and i wasn't making films for over a year or two years and and not doing anything and it 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 affects everyone in different ways Because that's I think that's the thing with mental health We don't like talking about Is it isn't as black and white as some people like to make it out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It affects everyone In different ways No one's the hero, no one's the villain That's just the reality of it And I think this film should that perfectly I really, really do
1: Yeah It wasn't actually quite what I was expecting When I saw the trailer I mean uh, It wasn't far off but I was expecting. Do you know what? I, you know what? I I thought. I thought.
0: Well, you that... said Ariaster, didn't you? I did. Yeah. On the last yeah. episode,
1: I thought it was going to be more overtly horrific. I thought it was going to be more uh, scary, and I'm not. I, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily even call this a straight out horror. Not that that's a bad thing at all. I I thought it was going to have more of. Real kind of, dare I say, jump scares. Yes. I thought that's what yeah. I was expecting in
0: yeah. there. Um, well, it's funny your your comparison to Ariesta. I didn't really want to get into it before you had seen it, but I think there is a real similarity between this film and Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I yeah. I will straight up say I think this is a better film than Midsummer because I I really like Midsummer, but I think what weighs Midsummer down is trying to make it too much of a horror film and not straight up focusing on the real life horror. Like by by adding in the supernatural elements. And again, don't get me wrong, I, I love Midsummer. I think Midsummer's a very, very good film. I just feel like in terms of that core story, the swerve just comes out ahead.
1: Yeah, I I mean I can completely see what you're saying about Midsummer as well because If you take out the horror elements of Midsummer, it's still a very familiar story of a a lady who struggling uh, with mental health and a sense of place where she belongs. The horror is on the periphery. Uh, It's neither here nor there. I mean, obviously it's built around that, but it didn't have to be. Whereas Swerve is built around the story and the feelings and the outlook of this central character.
0: So, do you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to dig into the story too much because I know there's a few of you listening that haven't seen this, and, and I want you to kind of go in as blind as possible because I, I yes, think that's that, yeah, has that yeah. film. So to end, the one thing I will ask you though, and I don't think this is uh, spoiling anything because there is no defining answer to it. How did you interpret the side story with the mouse?
1: So to me i kind of interpreted that as her trying to hold on to her normal life um as something to okay. something to focus on uh, as, as a piece of normality really but i think her reaction to it um was kind of uh, horrific as well so it was almost like it mirrored her reaction to what was happening in her own life as well yes. Um, because some of her reactions were quite over the top. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like mice, but still, it was, yeah. you know, <laughs> it was pretty extreme.
0: I interpreted as the mouse was her. It was like her struggle, yeah, yeah, right. Because like that, because the mouse is just trying to survive. It doesn't want to hurt anyone. It doesn't want to scare anyone. But it's struggling to survive. It is feeding off the crumbs that are left behind it's feeding off of the leftovers but no one really cares about it, no one wants to look after it all anyone wants to do is kill it essentially and it serves no purpose other than fear for our main character and I interpret that as that was basically her, because for me that's what she's trying to do she's trying to stay afloat she is trying to find her place in this family you know as her kids are growing up as her husband's spending more time at work she is just being left at home on her own to defend for herself picking up the scraps and the crumbs of what everyone else is leaving behind mm. and yeah that that for me was how i interpreted it. but I, I don't think there's a definitive answer to it And I love that, I love that that was put in Just so we can talk about it and discuss it
1: I mean, do you, I mean, I feel the same about the pie Do you have a view on what, what the pies symbolise throughout the film?
0: No, I mean, yes, lesser lesser so But, yeah, I mean, go on, what what's your interpretation of the pie? I actually, see, I focused on
1: the pie more than the mouse, interestingly, interestingly.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: And I... I I was very intrigued by you know there's this running three thing all the way through about uh, pies and I wasn't really sure where it was going. Yeah. But what I found very interesting was there's a moment when you actually see her eating some pie and she completely freaks out when another character uh, yeah. tries to yeah tries to, to 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 eat some as well and I kind of felt like I I interpreted it as that was her um, trying to isolate herself from everything else that was happening. So I kind of felt like it was almost like if she can eat this pie, then everything will be okay. if that kind of makes sense. It felt like to me that it was her singular place where she was on her own it's just her okay. and her food and to hell with everything else i'm just gonna eat this food interesting for that okay. for, for that particular but i mean the on the on the other hand it could also be that there is there was mention of anorexia in the film um and there is a long-running uh theme of uh laughing at her because she used to be overweight when she was a child as well, well
0: so my interpretation of the pie was twofold it was one. That's where all our trouble started. Yeah. Right. Like we we get the backstory of where they, her and her sister, and nans, when they were kids, and the pie went missing, and her sister uh, blamed it on her, and then her nan and everyone, and it, you know it's this funny family story because she used to be overweight, but obviously that's where her mental health issues start, right? Because obviously when we pick up with her there is this idea that she's suffering with an eating disorder as well as her overarching mental health issues but if i'm honest it more represented the ideal suburban american dream that she was trying to because what's more american than a humble american pie she when we pick up with her she's living this suburban life that she can't really get a handle on so it's this idea of you should have the kids you should have the husband the husband has the good job he goes to work he makes the money the kids go to school you're this american housewife and yeah the pie yeah for me the pie just represents all those troubles Mm. and again i just don't think there's any definitive answer to it but i love that i absolutely love that
1: and that's that's the other thing when you when you mention it like that you know on the face of it she has everything that she could ask for so it, it says a lot about mental health isn't that simple yes. as well yeah you know well
0: that's uh, what i mean it just mental health isn't black and white and i feel like this no, exactly. film does such a good job at trying it, Man, i just feel like this is a this is the mark of a really good film right and me and you could do me and you could easily do an hour about the bloody pie which uh, yeah, completely. and that's that's I a mean... that's a bloody side that's a that's a side note in the film. I just really want to watch it again Oh, I really? Yeah.
1: I, I need to see it again. It was. It was I've so watched
0: this twice now, and if this, you know, if they put up a Blu-ray for pre-order tonight, you better ask on pre-ordering it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like I just love this film. I love 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 this film, and this is my this is my film of it the year well, is, it it first,
1: is it a first feature for the director?
0: Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Wow, what way what, to come out of the gate, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I can't wait, wait to see what these guys do next. I really, really can't. I like I touched on before. I, I did have the pleasure of meeting them. They're the most down to earth, amazing people, and they have made one of the best debut features I have yeah. ever seen.
1: I can't disagree with that. I think it's stunning. Yeah, man. I was going to say it seems like a film from someone much more mature in their filmmaking. Someone right. who's Done it for years, and evidently
0: not. Oh, exactly. Like if they're coming out the gate with this, where are they going to be in yeah. five film, like films time? You know, they're these are these are people to watch, without a doubt. I think on that note, ma'am, we can't really get better than that, can we? Sam? No. We should just uh, wrap go it up, yeah. go go and watch it. Yes, go and watch, go, and watch go and watch this film. It. Go and watch it, please. And yeah, go and go, go and you know search out all these films. Uh, I know they're all still touring festivals. And, you know, hopefully we're going to get um, a couple of these again at the physical edition of Fright Fest in October. If that does go ahead and, you know, it's, it's to be seen how they're going to do that. But, yeah, hopefully some people get to see these on the big screen and hopefully they get to hit VOD. So you can check them out at, in the comfort of your own home as well.
1: And we'll have um We'll, we'll, we'll write up in the description all the films that we mentioned as yes, well. Yes,
0: definitely. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Bit of a longer episode today, but we could go on forever, to be honest. These yeah these films really got us. They they really stood out to us. Great weekend. Yeah, so bit of a different episode, bit of a, a different format. Next week we'll be back to our usual horror happenings and obviously ending with our creepy link of the week. So I can't wait to see what you've got lined up, Chris.
1: It's just another week to wait for the oh. absolute weirdest, scariest thing can't wait you could it. imagine. Can't wait. <laughs> can't wait.
0: All right, dude. It's been a really Brilliant. good one. thank you so much for joining me again. No problem. And yeah, Horror Hounds, until next time, stay safe. Cheers, guys. Bye.